well, I just need more. Like it's yeah. it's not restful. It's just yeah. time consuming. Yeah, it's not satisfying. Right. Yeah. My my main thought on this I deserve a rest thing is the things we choose for a break do not actually give us rest. Mm, yeah. Right, they yeah. don't. Right. And then the other part of it is we don't really deserve a break either. Also true. Right. listening to This Life We Live in the Body, a podcast about weight loss and the gospel. We're talking about things that the gospel teaches us about weight loss, but also things weight loss teaches us about the gospel. I'm Becky Watson, and I'm here with my two sisters. Katie, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Beck? Good. And through the magic of Zoom, Sarah, how are you today, Sarah? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Well, you already said that. <laughs> we are good. We have established. We are all good. good. We're all good. We're all fine. Before we share our stats today, I wanted to propose something. Um, I forgot to ask you about this before we started recording. Um, what do you think, you know, because I'm the one um, losing weight and Katie, you work kind of, but you're also maintaining. Mm-hmm. Is it okay if I just share my weekly low, like my, my weekly lowest weight or like my current lowest weight? Because I feel like I'm never uh, able to share any good news because <laughs> we record because at- it's like I know that I'm making progress. Yeah. <laughs> so Saturdays are the hardest day. Yeah, the t- Saturday when we record is a hard day and I just don't I just don't think like it's helpful to our listeners to hear about the daily fluctuations. Sure. Just like where my new low is. And if it stays the same, you know, because I'm up, I, that's fine. Yeah. And then when I get a new low, I'll like share it. Yeah. I think that's good. Let's try to focus on. It's something I, I, something I saw another, like an Instagram account do, um, like they're a weight loss coach and they just ask their person, like what, what's your current low that you're looking, you know, like looking for like, sure. low like current low for the week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause you talked a lot about it, like, look at what you're doing on the average to not, and not getting discouraged. That's right. I want to yeah. focus more on the sure. average trend right. than the everyday sure. trend anyway. Sure. So yeah, my low. So I'm Becky, Hello, I'm Becky. 35 years old, five, five and a half. And I, uh, my low right now is 223 pounds. Good. And I'm trying to lose weight. Good. So. Good. Uh, I'm Katie. I'm five, six and a half. Um, I'm 33 years wait, old. Wait, 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 wait. You're not a full inch taller than I, I don't. Okay. Five, six. I don't, I am tall. I'm taller than <laughs> Becky, but not a lot. And Becky and I are both taller than Sarah. <laughs> By a lot. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm five, six. I'm 33. And then my low this week, I hit today, 129.6. So, wow. Yeah. Half a pound down from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Or whenever you were 130. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised by that because I, I mean, I hadn't, I mean, I was smart about my meals, but I wasn't going crazy. Like, let's try to lose weight, try to lose weight. I'm like, good. I hit 130. I'm going to maintain here. And then I just, I went down another half pound today. So that was fun. Fun. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God for that. And New mercies every day. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. So I'm Sarah. I am 33 years old. I'm five feet tall. So quite a bit shorter as we established. Mm-hmm. And today, oh, uh, I am 13. I'll be 14 weeks pregnant tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I am 129.4 this morning. And I, I just have to say, I finally reached a place in my pregnancy where I'm like that awkward stage where your pants oh, yes. feel like button and stuff, but they don't quite fit right. Yes. But then when you put on maternity jeans, they look it's like, like no piece of clothing in the world actually fits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I t- put on a maternity shirt a couple days ago. I'm like, oh, there's so much fabric. Why is it so baggy and weird? <laughs> this is the the black leggings and sweatshirt base. Mm, <laughs> Honestly, yeah. today yeah. I'm wearing black leggings and this is a maternity shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been pregnant for about eight and a half months. It's fine. It looks great. It, it fits good. I don't have a lot of fabric. I don't know what Sarah's talking about. <laughs> I honestly, some, okay. Some of my shirts I keep in my regular wardrobe, even though they're maternity shirts, cause they're just so comfortable. Yeah. Some yeah. Of them just and they're longer. Like, like sometimes it's yeah. hard to find. Yeah. yeah. I wear, um, I wear maternity t-shirt, like a tank top underneath all my shirts every day. <laughs> it's great. It's so long. Right. I love it. 
All right, we have really, we have eliminated all male listeners at this point. Sorry, dad. Praise God for Sarah's um, weight and thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right, before we go any further, we're going to have Katie share the gospel today. Remind us of what the gospel is. Absolutely. So um, today I was going to talk about Naaman, right? So my my little boys, they listen to Adventures in Odyssey and we have a Naaman Adventures in Odyssey where um, I think they... Yeah, they're just telling the story of Naaman. Anyway, so uh, quick refresher. Naaman is the guy. He was a, a guard, a prisoner, a, a royal guard, and he has leprosy. And he has a little servant girl. And she says to her mistress, she's like, you know, I would just wish Naaman would go to Israel, see the prophet, and he would heal him. And so um, the mistress t- tells Naaman, this is what the servant girl says. There's a, there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman goes to the king, asks his king, he's like, hey, there's a guy in Israel who said he could heal me. Can I go? And the king's like, yeah, Naaman, I would love, I would love that. You're a good friend of mine. Here, take some gifts and you can go give them to the guy who's going to heal you. And you have my full blessing. So Naaman goes to Israel, speaks to the king and the king, it's really a great line, but he, so Naaman says, Hey, King Israel, I've got leprosy. Can you heal me? And the king's like, what am I God? I can't heal you. That's crazy talk. So he like freaks out on Naaman. Naaman's like frustrated and stuff. And then, so Elisha sends for Naaman and says, Naaman, come to me. I'll, I'll help you out. So Elisha sends a messenger and says, Naaman, this is what you got to do. You got to go bathe yourself in the Jordan river. You need to dunk yourself seven times and then you'll be healed. And Naaman is so angry offended offended you know he's like what there's nice rivers at home it's not like i've never taken a bath before you know i know this isn't just dirt it's it's not gonna just wash off so he's really quite irritated because naaman has he he thinks he hasn't lost it all you know he's got a lot of pride in him and is real quite real frustrated about it but like on his body he has leprosy he has the disease and like you should remind it you know like leprosy would mean he'd lose his job he'd lose his social Mm -hmm. standing he'd have to go live in exile essentially by himself so and then one of naaman's servants says to him he's like hey if he had asked you to do a really great thing like go kill a bunch of people or win an army or you know do 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 x y or z you would do it just humble yourself and just go bathe in the river it's not gonna hurt it's not gonna hurt do something simple yeah do something simple and so Naaman humbles himself and he obeys and he goes in the river seven times. And on the seventh time he comes up and his skin is clean. He gets completely healed. And in that moment, Naaman understands it. I feel like mm-hmm. he, he understands, wow, this is, this is different. This, there is a real God in Israel. So uh, Naaman goes to Elisha and he says, hey, dude, let me pay for you. Let me give you these gifts. Let me give you these things that to pay for this. And then Elisha's like, no, no, don't do anything. Naaman asks Elisha, okay, fine. But can I have some dirt from, from Israel so that I will, so I have a place that I can offer sacrifices to the one and true God. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and Nathan and Na- Naaman, Naaman understands there is a true God and this true God did it all, took his leprosy away, made him, made him clean. And then Naaman wants to only worship the one true God. And that is so wonderful. So Naaman leaves with his dirt. He's all excited about it. He also does this other thing. He says, also, please ask God to forgive me when I go into temples for false gods, for my, for, for my King. Right. So Naaman's job is to go into the temple and help his King kneel down before these false false gods and false idols. And he said, I'm just doing that because my, it's my job, but have God forgive me from doing mm-hmm. that, you know? And so he, he fully understands who God is. And he understands that God would be offended about Naaman doing that, but so he's explaining it. And so he, he gets it. Naaman gets it. Naaman gets that he had lost it all. He gets that God, that Jesus does it all. And now Naaman gets it all. Naaman gets to go away healthy and clean and, and knowing who the true God is. And the mm. Bible says that his skin was like that of a young boy. So the implication being his skin was better than it was before the mm. leprosy. Sure, like he yeah. had been brought, he was a new creation, you mm-hmm. know, he wasn't just um, had his problem fixed, but he got like, got it all, you yeah. know, like he got yeah. a brand new skin, yeah. just didn't heal him halfway all the way. Mm-hmm. Very good. 
And as right. Naaman's leaving and going back home, one of Elisha's servants, Gehazi, comes running up. He's like, hey, Naaman, uh, you know, Elisha, he changed his mind. Uh, I want some of that gold. I want some of those gifts that you're talking about. And Naaman's like, yeah, of course, you know, doesn't think twice about it, gives it to Gehazi. Gehazi didn't ask Elisha. It was not what Elisha said. It was what he wanted. It was what he wanted. So Gehazi did it um, to be sneaky and and to be selfish, right? And that's one of your favorite verses or uh, Elisha says to Gehazi, where have you been, Gehazi? (laughs) When dad preached this recently, Eric and I just started cracking up because yeah, it reminded me of us with our four-year-old because they say, he goes, where have you been? And then he goes, and then the answer is what the four-year-old would say. I've been nowhere. <laughs> You've been nowhere. Not doing nothing naughty. And then God brings Naaman's leprosy onto Gehazi and Gehazi oh. becomes completely leprous. And so Gehazi thought he had the right and he deserved to have this gold. He, they, this Naaman had a lot of money, had a lot of things. And Gehazi is like, look, I just told Naaman what to do. I deserve this. I deserve this. Sure. And in turn, God gives Gehazi what he deserved, which yeah. was the leprosy. Gehazi didn't deserve anything. Because Gehazi didn't get it. He didn't understand that there was one true God right. in Israel. Exactly. He essentially had an idol of gold, if nothing else. Yes, yes, and of himself. So great, Katie. I love it. Good, good. Good tie-in for today's thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So we lost it all. We have nothing to offer. Yes. Naaman tried to offer Elisha stuff. Yes. But it God doesn't need anything. He owns the whole world. And there's nothing. And Naaman himself was had nothing of mm-hmm. himself to offer. Mm-hmm. And then uh Jesus did it all. So we have nothing to offer. And Jesus does all the work required for our salvation. We're helpless to save ourselves. We just need to submit, like yep. Naaman did. He just had to obey and wash in the river seven times he didn't have to he didn't have to do those crazy things that he would have been more his ego would have been stroked by doing yes and sometimes we think that way and we're like oh i i will i will serve in nursery every single week and i am so good and and when we do that we're saying to god you owe me you have to Mm. give me the thing Mm -hmm. i want and i'm in charge here and the truth is no Mm -hmm. he's given you everything you need absolutely and all the things you should want too and you need to trust him and give him the glory Mm -hmm. now you know it's not you don't say to god I have done all these things. So you have to love me. You say, you love me so much. I will do all these things. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we get it all like Naaman did. We, our problem is fixed a hundred percent when Jesus dies on the cross. Yes. We think sometimes that there's parts of us that are still got the leprosy on it, but we need to trust him when he says the old has passed away and the new has come. Yes. You're a new creation. Yes. You are complete in Christ. You have every spiritual blessing mm-hmm. in Christ. And so, as we always say, this is about what God does for us, not about what we do for God. It's good news. It's not good advice. And this is a change that God does from the inside out, not something we try to make happen from the outside right. in. Right, right. So we've been doing that with this concept or process that we've been calling root to fruit or fruit to root, depending on the context. So Sarah, what is that process? Will you remind us? Sure. So there's four steps to the process we've been using to battle these lies that we tell ourselves. The first one um, is capturing our thoughts or we're like taking this false fruit we have and we're writing it down, we're speaking it out loud, whatever it is. We are making it clear to ourselves. And then we're going to examine our heart. We're going to take a look and see where that false fruit has come from, what that false fruit is. And then we're going to apply scripture to it. So we're going to take that false fruit and replace it with a true root. What we, what we should really believe, what God has told us about himself, about reality. And finally, we're going to speak truth to ourselves. We're going to talk, we're going to um, tell ourselves what the fruit should look like in our life from this reality. So if we use the um, example that we talked about last week of this sin is not that bad. We could say that the false fruit, the thought we're capturing, or um, we're saying we scoff at others for doing the right thing or for skipping dessert or for eating correctly. Um, the, the false root we have is that um, 
we're we're not believing that we lost it all. We're not believing that what we're doing is um, sin, essentially. Our true root that we want to replace it is. One of the examples we came up with with scripture was uh, 1 Peter 1, 16, you, um, you shall be holy for I am holy. And then we can speak truth or true fruit out of that, that it matters to God. So I should also be holy. So that's kind of a general outline and a general, and obviously um, you can go so many directions with one lie. You can have so many different fruits and roots and scriptures and truths that you speak to yourself. So, right. You know, as, as you're describing that, it's, I kind of wish we could go back in time and like add a, maybe a fifth step in there because each of the topics or the titles of our episodes were intended to be that root, you know, but we have found over and over that there's a root behind that root. (laughs) So there's like, so we our our titles are somewhere between step one and step two. And we start with our lie and then we go one step more external and talk about the fruit of that lie. And then we go right. one step more internal and talk, well, what is that lie revealing about what we're believing about the gospels? Generally, sure. there's one more at the root. So I, I feel a little bad that it could be confusing, but we're so consistent on it. It's just going to be the case, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, we've got a category for that lie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way that, of saying it. Like a type of plant. Yeah. So today's type of plant is, um, I deserve a break. I deserve a break. Right. Mm-hmm. So what are the, let's go one step external. What's the fruit of that? I deserve a break that huh. what would you, what would be a thought an action that would reveal that you've been saying to yourself, I deserve a break. Well, it's cheat day. It's the weekend. It's my birthday. It's a holiday. Mm-hmm. It's somebody's holiday. I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. The kids are yeah. in bed. Yeah. I, I wrote down overindulging in breaks. So on those things that you're saying, those are excuses for overindulgence you're saying, Katie? Yeah. Or, um, I don't need to exercise today because it's my birthday or I don't need to, I don't need to clean my house. It's my birthday. Or there's like, like, use that excuse a lot of, well, it's my birthday. I don't need to get gas. (laughs) Actually, as I was thinking about this topic and stuff, I realized how it really can apply to how we treat our bodies and like the food we eat and stuff, but it really can to apply to almost every moment of our lives. We often feel like I need a break from this or that or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. So I deserve an extra shot of my coffee. I deserve an extra diet. Okay. So let me, let me interrogate you a little bit, Katie. Alrighty. I am ready. Okay. So it was your birthday this past week. It was my birthday this past week. So did you not really, I mean, it's all the things you did to celebrate your birthday wrong? No. Okay. So, I did a good job this okay. week. I did not, I did not give in to overeating. And I mean, I, I mean, my birthday was on Thursday and I'm a pound and a half, a pound lower than I was yeah. on my birthday. So I did not, I did not give in to those. I deserve. Right. This. What I'm trying to get at here is that it's not wrong to do something special for oh, this occasion. True. Yeah. Right. What's wrong is to use it as an excuse to sin. I was trying yeah. to get to oh, push you. Right. To that. Sorry. Right. It, it's we're talking about using this. I deserve a break to, to excuse sin. sin. Okay. Right. right. And uh, we're not talking about saying you, you never can rest. Right. You never can have cake. We're not, not trying to moralize that. a specific kind of food or yeah. a specific <clears throat> reason to eat. That's not what this is about. This is about stuff, you know, is sin. Okay. Yeah. This is stuff right. that stuff that, you know, you should not do, but you are using the excuse. I deserve a break or all the ones you listed. I it's a special occasion or right. I'm just very tired. And then you're using that to excuse that sin. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I wrote down to excusing sin because you haven't had blank in your life. Like, Mm -hmm. um, those people that are really cranky in the mornings or won't talk to their, their loved ones because they haven't had their cup of coffee. That is, I deserve because it's an, an entitlement thing, right? I deserve my cup of coffee before I have to deal with my kids or my family. That's not true. Um, I like how your family put it. I was just going to say this to our kids is that you can't, you can be hungry. You can be sick. You can be tired, whatever it is, but you can't be naughty. Yeah. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that totally ties into this whole, the whole heart of this lie that we tell ourselves. It was yeah. definitely something my mom would say to us. And now we say to each other and to our own children and to <laughs> our husbands. Yeah. <laughs> you can be sick, but you can't be naughty. Eric said to me on mother's day, it's mother's day, but you can't be naughty. Apparently, <laughs> say, our husbands say it to us too. <laughs> yeah. Apparently my demands were getting a little too extreme. It's a bit. Yeah. And I think no. uh, one way this can kind of trickle down into our lives that we don't realize it is if we're extra cranky towards other people when we're on a diet or some sort oh, of restriction yeah. or whatever, like yeah. I'm hungry. So that way I get to be all cranky and mean or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I think this can happen mindlessly when we have a certain part of our day where we abdicate the things that we're supposed to do. We let go of the, our, the, the positive, healthy steps that we could do, like take a nap if we need to, or go to bed if we need to, or read your Bible and instead look at your phone and eat a snack or eat stress, eat Mm -hmm. on the couch and watch TV at night. This can become such a habit. Hmm that you don't realize that you're doing it because you think you need a break until you become aware of it and you're dieting. You're like, okay, well, I need to stop eating ice cream every night. And then you sit down on the couch after you put the kids to bed and you're like, I can't have ice cream. I need something to do with my hands. I have such a hard day. And then you start thinking, but I deserve, you know what I mean? Like it, it was always because you were stressed or whatever, but now you're like realizing that that's what you've been doing. And if you haven't been trying to do, you might not realize there might be parts of your day that you're just kind of being mindless about that you need to interrogate. That ties into what we talked about last week or last week's episode about when we suppress the Holy spirit, when we suppress God's working in our lives, we're clogging up the tube of being able to receive wisdom and, um, blessing true blessings from him. When we're constantly denying him, then we're, we're interfering and we're not making ourselves sensitive to him anymore. And then when you start opening yourself up and realizing, oh man, I've been turning to this. I've been thinking this lie that I deserve this. Right. Then it, and then it does get hard because then you have to fight against those habits and those. Right. right. So this it's, is a good point. I, a good time to, for me to talk about this, the have, these are habits, mm-hmm. um, bad habits. Mm-hmm. The stress eating thing is mm-hmm. a bad habit, which means there is a trigger mm-hmm. in this case, stress. Mm-hmm. There is a habit, which is eating. Mm-hmm. And then there is a reward, which is stress relief. Yeah. Like eating actually gives you some stress relief. Otherwise you wouldn't do it when you're stressed. Right. And so we, when we're trying to tackle stress eating in a spiritual way, we need to spiritually look at our trigger. How is a spiritual way to handle our stress? We can talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could read your Bible. You could pray. I feel like so often we like to waste our rest time on things that are, we think are restful, but are not Yeah, yeah. like uh, sitting on our phones and scrolling through Pinterest or something like that. And you end up wake, like getting up from that and you're like, well, I just need more. Like it's, yeah. it's not restful. It's just yeah. time consuming. Yeah. It's not satisfying. Right. Yeah. My, my main thought on this, I deserve a rest thing is the things we choose for a break do not actually give us rest. Mm, yeah. Right, they yeah. don't. Right. And then the other part of it is we don't really deserve a break either. Also true. <laughs> right. also true. <laughs> so we have to look to God and say, what do I deserve? And then we deserve punishment. And the gospel tells us that we lost it all, mm-hmm. but that Jesus did it all. And we get it all. And then he says, come to me, you who are weary and I will give you rest. Yes. So God says, you don't deserve a break, but I'm going to give you true rest. Yeah. So stop trying to rest by eating, looking at your phone, mm-hmm. watching TV. Not that all those things are bad in and of themselves, but if we're going to them for rest, we're not going to find it there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just like- and if we do, it's not, it's so temporary. Yeah. 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 You're going to 
I know, especially if you like scrolling on social media, you're just going to walk away real irritated with people. <laughs> irritated or lethargic. I get very yes, like, tired, like my yeah. like tired and like low energy Yeah. when I get like in this like zoned out kind of. Mm-hmm. Another Dubois family term is TV disease. When your kids oh. watch TV too long and then they're cranky afterwards. I get that when mm-hmm. I like look at yeah. my phone too much. I get TV disease. I get phone disease. So, you know. <laughs> you would feel so much more energized if you had honestly spent that last 20 minutes cleaning your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, but, I mean, or just laying on your couch, taking a nap. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. actually yeah. sleeping. Yeah. 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 With my MS, I actually do hit these physical limits where I have to sit down because I'm going to tip over, fall over, whatever else. And, and those are out of my control. I have to rest. You know, and so if I use that time to read my Bible versus reading Facebook, I bet you that would make a big difference in my life. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. how could the Bible not make a big difference? Yeah. In your right. life? So let's take this two parts at a time. So we kind of talked about already, but we kind of covered the fact that the things that we are pursuing are not actually giving you rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we covered that, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and let's, let's talk about that. What I deserve part. So I said, we don't deserve a break. What do we deserve? We deserve punishment, right? Yeah. yeah. But being um, saved in Jesus, he is faithful and just to forgive us Mm -hmm. and cleanse us from all righteous unrighteousness. So we can say with confidence to God, I deserve rest, not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Right. So it's not, and so the Sabbath rest that God provides is not something that we have to earn. It's given to us because of what Jesus has earned. And we are, we need to take it because that is what we need. Right. This is not about an anti rest thing, an anti break thing, but it is about an anti. We're not entitled to a specific type of rest. Becky, you're diving right into my scripture, right? Okay. That's where I'm feeling too is. Yeah. 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 So. Okay, we can go into scripture. Does sure. any, did we see, do you feel like we covered the root part though? Yeah, I think so. I, well, I was just going to say like, what are this, what is the sin behind believing it? Uh, like, is it going back to my sin? Isn't that bad? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a break. It's not right. that bad. Right. You know? Oh, that's true. Um, it trivializes it. Yeah. Yeah. And it also it's with that is, is like thinking that, okay, this little sin or like I deserve this break to sin or whatever. Cause I've been so good for so long. You, you really are missing out on, but Jesus took care of that sin, you know, yeah, and once right. in a sermon I heard, think about the moments that between Jesus's suffering on the cross from between like the whippings and the second minutes, seconds on this cross, when you're tempted with something, think about, is it really worth it for, for you to look at that or to eat that? And for the pain that Jesus experienced you for you for that, you know, like kind of putting that, does that, does that sentence right. make sense? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Right. So there's, I a, think- there's a lot of entitlement in this. Yeah. I'm entitled. I have earned a break yeah. not that God has given me a break because he loves me and he knows what's right for me. I have earned a break. And not only that I've earned it and it needs to be my way. Yeah. So, yeah. No. I wonder it. how often we, if we just change that, well, I need a break as an excuse to a prayer and say, God, will, can I have a break? I yeah. need, you know, I need rest. And then that would give us clarity to say, mm. oh, what I really need right now is to sleep or yeah. to drink water yeah. or to read my Bible yeah. and to pray. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to pivot us into the scripture portion, can I just share some study I've been doing about how Jesus took a break? Yeah. Jesus had this habit of going off by himself to pray. And Mm -hmm. I've often heard preachers say he did that all the time, but I went back and looked and it really wasn't all the time. I wrote down what all of the, all the times I could find in the gospels. And it was Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He definitely goes off by himself to pray right after he hears that John the Baptist has been beheaded. Mm -hmm. So in a moment of grief. Yeah. And then, of course, we know in Gethsemane, he went by himself to pray and said, not my will, but yours be done. So then a great moment of agony and and dread. Yes. And then there's also a time in Mark and Luke where he talks about before they travel and after he had healed a lot of people. Okay. So like after some work and before um, work. And then 
One other time in Luke, it's mentioned that it is before he chooses the disciples. Oh, okay. So like before a big decision. And I'm sure Jesus did do it more often than what's recorded. But I think it's interesting to note that this is how Jesus handled his stress. Yeah. He, when he was grieved, when he was about to make a big decision, when he was about to do a lot of travel, when he was about, um, when he had just finished a lot of work and there, you know, think about how stressed Jesus would be. I mean, he was with people all the time who are constantly wanting and asking things from him. And he, and after healing thousands, there were thousands more that needed to, it was never done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he would go off by himself and pray to his father. And that was what he did to rest. Hmm. And he says, um, like I read before in Matthew 11, come to me, you who are weary and tired, and I will give you rest. He wants us to go to him for rest. He wants us to go to him when we're stressed out and he will give us rest and ease our minds and, and make, not just give us a little bit of stress relief, but a lot of stress Mm -hmm. relief. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, I always picture Jesus alone, but even in one part, uh, Luke nine, when he's praying after John the Baptist died, his disciples were with him. So when he went away alone to pray, he was actually with the disciples still. And so if you're a mom and you have your kids around, it's okay. You can still seek that. If you're with your family or if you're at work or whatever, you can still seek God for your stress relief, for that break. So when you say, I need a break, you take it in a way that actually gives your soul rest to fix the core internal problem Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to try to use silly ways of reducing your stress, like eating something dumb, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's good. What what scripture did you guys come up with for this? Off of that, Becky, I, uh, I was looking at Psalm 23 and Mm -hmm. just kind of the idea that God is the one that gives us rest. We go to God for rest. Psalm 23, one through three says the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So, I mean, rest is not something that that's wrong. It's something that God wants for us. And he gives to us when we come to him for it. Right. He, he loves us so much. And so when we go and seek something like we seek sin to give us the rest we're desiring, it's such a, it's such a insult to him, right? He's offering us what we truly need. Jesus is saying, will you just trust me that I know you enough to know what your heart needs that I have created you so I can satisfy you. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and not just that God created us in his image. And one of the things that he does himself as God is rest. Uh, Genesis two, three, it says, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. God rested too. That's one of the things God created us in his image for is rest. And that's, I mean, people don't think of that. God rested too. I mean, not even just as human form in Jesus, but as God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, all of my verses are, are more dealing with sin of it. So, um, first John one, eight, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us, you know? So if we are buying into this lie, I deserve this. We are sinning. We are still sinning or using it as an excuse to sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us, you know? So when we are looking for that break, we need to look for that break. That's going to fill us with truth. Like what you guys have been talking about. Well, yeah. Even as we talked about last time, God came to save us from the sin. Why are we going? Why are we going Mm -hmm. back to the slavery of Mm -hmm. the sin? Mm -hmm. It's like the children of Israel after being delivered from Egypt saying to Moses, we deserve to have food back in Egypt. And it's like, you were slaves there. Yeah, like you, yeah. the freedom and the sustenance that God will provide you is clearly better mm-hmm. than the slavery in Egypt. But we're constantly like trying to look back and, yeah. and, and get, mm-hmm. and get re-enslaved. I mean, that's just the sin nature. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I looked at too, was looking at the word deserve. 
Hmm. And uh, if you look at the word deserve in the Bible, usually it's talking about how we deserve death. Hmm. Like we're talking about sin. We don't deserve anything other than death. Like in Romans 6, 23, it says for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Right. That's what we deserve. And we're saying we deserve something else. Right. Yeah. We deserve the pleasures of sin. Is that what we're saying? You know, when we're in that moment of um, temptation, we need to feed ourselves on that hard truth that we are asking for the pleasures of sin when we, even though we know we deserve judgment for that and that Jesus Mm -hmm. took our judgment and instead gave us the eternal rest that we ultimately need, you know, yeah. like if you go through that whole thought process, I bet you that bowl of ice cream will look a little less important. Yeah. Yeah. Romans six eleven. in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God in Christ Jesus. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not let any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace, Mm. which I think we read last week on the middle part, but that verse after for sin shall no longer be your master because you are under the law, but under grace. So we don't have to turn to sinful things Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. You used to be. Yeah enslaved to sin but now you have been set free you used to be an old creation but now you've been made new you Mm -hmm. know why why would you continue to go back to that stuff that's what we're trying to escape you know and if you think about it in a weight loss context i i used to be more overweight than i am now but jesus has set me free Mm -hmm. from my idolatry of sin Mm -hmm. when i feel tempted to go to food instead of him, Jesus could say, why are you going back to that slave master that only brought you pain and destruction and shame Mm -hmm. when I've already set you free from that? Mm -hmm. All right, let's, are we right to speak truth? I've kind of been doing all along, but what, what would your truth, how would you formulate the truth to this? Sarah. So I think the truth that I would have to speak myself is kind of a double-edged sword a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It's that while I may want or need a break, ultimately I deserve death. I don't deserve a break. Instead though, God has given me all good things, including a rest and the rest in the good thing. I think that's well, well summed up. Good job. I I had, I don't deserve this, whatever this is, that's going to cause me to sin this extra donut ice cream helping Jesus didn't deserve it. Right. Jesus lived Mm -hmm. his whole life perfectly and he did not deserve it, but he took it for me. And so in, in, for me to remember what Jesus did on the cross, when I'm faced with temptation is, Mm -hmm is the truth I would speak to myself. Yeah. I like that, Katie. I would say the truth is I don't deserve a break. I deserve punishment. And this, what I'm looking at is not a break. Mm, this, this is, is punishment. punishment. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Before we close, I want to talk about this a little bit. So we've, these are all the reasons to tell yourself not to indulge in sin because you think you deserve a break. Now, almost all the things that you would say no to would be okay in a different context, right? Yeah. It's It's not that the donut is always wrong. The donut is wrong when you haven't planned for it, when it hasn't been a part or necessary, you don't necessarily have to plan, but it's not part of your plan or you, how would you determine, this is a new question I'm asking you, how would you determine if, it is something that you are, you are indul- overindulging in, right? Yeah. What, what, are, what are the ways you would test yourself? Because I think this is hard sometimes, like truly, if I understand something is really wrong, I can fight that battle. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think we can kind of not know, you know, like, right. Uh, I, I think I'd push back on you. And I think you do know, you know, that moment, this next bite, it's going to be too much. You know, that moment, if you've taken, uh, how about the, you have, if you've taken a moment to consider, it. if you're taking a moment to consider obvious, sure. yeah, you, I've been there when you're going fast 
I'm going to finish this whole ice cream, this little mm-hmm. pint, which Ben and Jerry's pints. I can finish that whole thing and you go fast. <laughs> I have to say, I've never done that. That's really <laughs> fat. Katie would show you what is up. <laughs> I've eaten in an, in a this little side. I've eaten an entire frozen pizza as fat Katie. I've eaten an entire bag of Oreos, a whole Oreos oh, perfecting the milk dunking. Pretty gross. Good. Oh, oh yeah. Oh man. And then I've eaten an entire pint. You, well, the thing is sitting. you do, you must do nothing halfway because <laughs> <laughs> you went all the way and, you know, and then you lost all your weight. God, I do man. everything halfway, <laughs> continuing to be heavy for my entire adult life. <laughs> yeah. I eat half of the Oreos I should have and it. half of the ice cream. <laughs> you know what? All or my test all for or myself, this might sound kind of silly, but my test for myself is I stop. I, I think about like, if we're talking specifically about food, whether I should have that donut, whether I should have that treat, I stop. I think about that food. I try and think about it for more than just a minute. Like if I'm in the middle of a meal, it's one thing, but if I'm considering having a donut from the break room, it's a little bit different. So I start to ask myself questions like, why do I want the donut? Am I actually hungry? Will the donut satisfy the, like the sensation, the, 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 craving if it's a craving that I have and then I give myself permission Mm -hmm. and if I say Sarah you are allowed to have that donut that's okay that's not a bad decision um and if I still want the donut then that's usually my thing like if I no longer was like well I really don't want it that much after I've gone through that kind of little mental checklist then it's usually kind of a an indicator for me that I Mm. I don't need that donut Honestly, Sarah, I think the, uh, that's so good. Uh, we should write those down, all those things that you just said, um, and put them on the Instagram, but the, the question, why do you want to eat this? If your answer is because I, I deserve, deserve a break, yeah. then right. it's not a thing you should eat. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Cause your reason to eat would be because I'm hungry or because I'm celebrating mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other would be good? I'm having reasons? community with a person or my family. I think that's a good reason to. Right, but if it's I deserve a break, that's not yeah. a good reason. Or could okay, okay, we're having uh, a big meal tonight as a family. There's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of good food, a lot of good food, and there's going to be cheesecake for dessert. And it's yeah. my favorite cheesecake is my favorite. So if I say if I I am already planning myself for how much I'm going to eat because I want to be able to eat that cheesecake. If I do a good job with my dinner, then I deserve the cheesecake is deserve the wrong word. Like, is that a sin there or is it planning for the cheesecake? I think in that case, it's not the wrong word, but it's not the same definition we're using when we right. say I it's deserve a, a break. break. It's, it's a heart issue. You, yeah. you have done all the things you need to do to make room for that cheesecake rather than having an entitlement to that cheesecake. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you said I ate a small dinner and I didn't get any nutrients for the day, but I'm going to eat three slices of cheesecake, you don't deserve that cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see the difference? I do. I do. And it's uh, interesting because you're about thinking about it for a long time is funny. And I think it's good and it works for you. But if Katie starts thinking about, I want a coffee today, I want to start with coffee day. And I think about it all day. I talk myself into it when I probably should not have it. So for me, I need to decide right now, is it going to happen today or not? And then go, what if that's the wrong decision you make though? I can say no to, I mean, saying no to a coffee is not the wrong decision. All right. No, I know. But like, what if you say yes? What if that's the wrong decision? Shouldn't you have maybe thought about that more? My point is maybe you need to, to train your self-control yeah. to be able to handle things, to, to say no to yourself, even after you've said yes to yourself. Yes. Yeah. I do need to work on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I guess I, yeah. I get in trouble when I start thinking about it too much. Yeah. So I, I know that I'm better at saying no to it. If I say no, when the first oh, time sure. it pops yeah, up in their head yeah. versus sure. if you know, it. well, in that case, you knew it was wrong right away. Then. Yes. Yes. And Sarah was giving us example of a time when you honestly don't know. Yeah. Okay. Some people okay. don't. And I think that if you are, say, if you lived a long time with bad eating habits, okay, you don't know yeah. how to eat mindfully. Yeah. Instinctually. Yes. You need to retrain yourself. Yes. About what is and is not a proper motivation for seeking a snack. Yeah. 
Yeah. And what is, and then what is not a proper amount of food. Right. Like, I feel like, you know, when, and so that takes mental work, you yes. know, and you, training and you yes. have been in a good place for a while. So you actually are doing all the things Sarah is doing <laughs> quickly though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Well, and I, I guess when I say a few minutes, I don't mean like over hours, I might okay. address this issue. Uh, when I go up and go to the bathroom at 10 o'clock in the morning, when I come back at lunch and make myself lunch, when I go to the bathroom again in the afternoon or go to get a cup of water, like, it's not like a, something that I think about for hours. It's a, I take it in that moment. I take like two to five minutes to think about it before I like actually, you know, grab the donut out of the box. That makes sense because Katie makes decisions fast and hard in general, in general. So I'm moving so fast. And when someone says it takes several minutes, I'm like, you do that for four hours. That is crazy. (laughs) Shopping with Katie is hilarious. I am so efficient. She takes her car along target and just like barely slows down in the home decor section, throws a vase in, keeps I, walking. It was the right one. I would <laughs> agonize for weeks over which one. You can return it if it don't work. I, I hate re- I would you return know? it if I don't work, but I still have to decide a long time. <laughs> uh, I don't, I want to like check out my options, go back and think about it and then come back again and like really no, decide before. No, no. Like when I go to buy something expensive, I already know what I want. Like I'm not there to like. No, Katie, Katie goes to the mall. Okay, go small. I need a pair of jeans. She, I will. I will, will leave with. Those I will jeans. leave with those jeans. Yeah, <laughs> in ten minutes. No. In ten minutes. Yeah, ten minutes. Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> so you're a weirdo, is what we've established. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> no, I think I think it's a personality thing, and it's not a bad thing. Everyone functions differently. I mean, yeah. we can't all be slow deciders and we can't all be fast deciders. No, there's definitely the so beautiful. There's definitely personality quirks. And, um, that's why as, as a rule, we, we try to steer away from this kind of like psychological talk, right? Because everybody's different and they're going to do things differently. Mm-hmm. What Jesus helps everyone with, no matter what their personality is, is that heart issue mm-hmm. is what is what are you wanting most? What are you loving most? And if you seek Jesus, he will calibrate all the other decisions that come up. He will, he will help you prioritize your values. He will make, he will make it. If you ask him, Lord, convict me of sin in my eating. He will make that clear, right? He is not about making it confusing or being mysterious. Not about sin. Not about sin. He's very, very clear about sin. And we can rest in that. Rest in that. Look at me. We can rest. back. (laughs) All right. Sarah, will you close us in prayer? Yes. Dear Jesus, thank you for our time together. Thank you that we, Becky, Katie, and I could discuss the topic of deserving a break of our entitled hearts. Uh, I pray that you can relieve the entitlement from us and from our listeners that we can rely on you for our rest for our breaks rather than fulfilling it with our own stuff especially if those that stuff is sin Mm -hmm. please uh let's move forward this week and rely more on you um, turn towards you for our rest and our recovery and uh, fulfillment of our needs in your name we pray amen amen For our practical tip today, it's sort of going back to this whole idea of the poor excuse for rest that we use when we scroll through our phones. Mm -hmm. I was going to recommend that we, anyone, would practice intermittent fasting, but for your phone. So this is a diet style intermittent fasting where you don't eat from, you know, like say six o'clock at night till 11 in the morning and you eat all your calories between 11 and six. And there's, you know, or there's different patterns of it or whatever. But the idea is that you set aside certain time to eat and then removing the decision at all the other times. And so it might work for you. I don't know if it would work for me, but when it comes to my phone use, the fact that my phone is always there to waste a minute here, waste a minute there really eats up a lot of my life. You know, like you'll have like, I'll just look at this one thing for a second and then it turns into 10, 15, 20 minutes of wasted time. 
how often do we pick up our phone to look for something and get distracted by something else in the same app even and can't yeah. remember what we went to look yeah. for in the first place? The whole design of a phone is to draw your attention away and to distract you. It's the whole point of it. So I was thinking recently that it would really be helpful to me to say, you know what, I can't use these apps until after the kids are in bed yeah. or yeah. or like, you know, just not or not until certain tasks are done or whatever, because they've just been like stealing my time, but also stealing like my emotions. Yep. And then also I just feel lethargic. I feel yep. TB diseased. Yep. Um, I feel depressed almost like I just like brain slows down. Yeah. I get in a funk when I've been scrolling. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to take a part of a, a large part of my day and say, phone, you cannot have this, you know? Yeah. And yeah. specifically, I would say the first moments of your day, mm. I don't know about you, but I use my phone for an alarm clock and how easy it is to have your first couple minutes of your day be given to Scrolling. the news or social media or your email or even texting. And yeah. you know what? That's like laying, waking up and laying your heart before the world instead oh, of yes. laying it before God. Yeah. So I kind of want to have a not looking at my phone until yeah. nine or 10 AM or whatever the rule is. I don't know. I don't know what I would do specifically for myself yet, let alone mm-hmm. what someone else might do. Yeah. But that's my tip for today is like, so let's is this less of a tip and more of a challenge for the week, Becky. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would do yeah. challenge you um, to that. I would whatever like to be- way you want to do it. Yeah. Um, in the past I have not gone on social media apps. So I, I would still text because I communicate a lot with my family through text, but anything other than texting, no phone while my kids are awake. Mm-hmm. So, that's, that's a good. challenge. That's most of the day. <laughs> no, they hardly ever sleep. So, yeah. <laughs> we're in, we're, uh, I was just going to say we're on separate time uh, zones, time, time zones. zones. So when I wake up, man, there's a lot of texts that happen after nine 30. After you went to bed. Yeah, after went to, so when I wake up, I'm like, wow, 50 text messages. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, yeah, man. so I guess I challenge you Let's to look at your, your phone use this week and maybe just be observant yeah. with how it impacts your spiritual life and your physical life. Yeah. Cause I'm talking about, I mean, I use that phone to avoid going to the gym. You know what I've been doing lately? I'll go to the gym and I sit in the parking lot and like, dread going in. Nice. I just look at my phone. No, it's not nice. It's bad. So that's one thing. And then also just like, don't you guys sit in your car when you get home? From yes. Things? Yes, we do. Sometimes I don't get a lot of time to do that, but I wish I did. <laughs> it's just going to be so hard once I go in and have to deal with the kids. <laughs> um, and then just be, just be very mindful to, to you being the one telling your phone when you're going to look at it, not the other way around. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. I'm excited. But when you do have that allotted phone time, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. (laughs) We are a good use of your phone time. You best believe that. I hope so. Anyway, (laughs) this life we live in the body on Instagram and Facebook. In the meantime, keep your eyes on Jesus because he is the author and perfecter of your faith. You are beautiful, darling. There is no flaw in you. Remember who you are.